don't miss a moment of Ireland's tour of New Zealand. But even if we give them more time, they're not going to hit the level that Johnny is hitting at and what he brings out of other players. You know, Ireland were just fantastic. They produced probably the greatest ever victory for, for Ireland. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Some of these critics, these pundits. I absolutely adore them lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. I'd like to play the hard man when, when they're on. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency, but they just dismiss you like, like you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion. You're welcome back. This is the Quick Picks on OTBAM. Do we have a leaderboard? I sure as hell hope not. No, we don't, says Colin. He's shaking his head in, <laughs> in uh, the box. Thank God for that. Uh, I think this could be my last ever Quick Picks. I'm going to be booted off ruthlessly after a truly appalling season, which I now believe... Did me, did Adrian go for me last week in the ladies? Do you remember? Um, yes. He did. He did. He did. So that means yeah. I'm officially bottom of the table oh, yes, and you were the only facing one. relegation. Um, yeah. Well, we need to see the top of the table Goodbye, Quick there's picks. controversy it's, around the top of the table only. there's been a controversial mathematical inaccuracy in the leaderboard so we're not showing it it says on my document oh okay less about that, that. that's hope for me the better um, let's have a look at this weekend's predictions for the All-Ireland oh wow we've got a clean sweep for Kilkenny here uh, everybody going against Cork Column in the box is shaking his head uh, Ashling, why Kilkenny <laughs> um, going off the semi-final so both semi-finals I was there in the day and I felt there was almost a, maybe a little bit of a standard difference as well in the games. And Cork, I think they were just a bit all over the place. I was saying it there to Sarah. Um, it took them a while to get going, to really find their form. And it was when Ashing Thompson really came on that she settled things down. She sort of sat deep and she sort of sprayed the balls in. They started to find a bit of form that way and they started to get their scores. But uh, overall, I was just so impressed with Kilkenny. Um, I think Grace Walsh, I mentioned her already in full back. She's such an experienced player at this stage and she's still so young, but so experienced and you can really see it. Like She dictates what goes on in that back line. And yeah, she, she was just brilliant. Um, even speaking to Brian Dalen after the game, you know, he spoke about how Grace spoke in the dressing room before they went out and it was hairs on the back of your neck stuff, right. the, the way she spoke. And yeah, you can really see it in her game. You know, she, she's, she's... She's their leader. She, she looks like their leader. She really does. Um, so if she has the, the game that she had in the semi-final again. Um, a lot of the girls, Miriam Walsh, I don't think she showed up really at all in the semi-final, if I'm being honest. So she's due probably a big performance. She's been playing brilliant stuff all year. So maybe the, the, the All-Ireland final will, will be where we really see her come alive again. Um, yeah, and I just think over, all around the field, we mentioned the midfield area. That's probably an area, Sarah's dead right, that... Uh, it could, it could come down to but uh, yeah just all around the field who's more organised I would go with Kilkenny at the moment The, the standard of semi-final is I think a very uh, valid argument when it comes to previewing an All-Ireland final especially if you look at this year and the three All-Irelands that we've seen so far if you go back to the last weekend Meath really had to battle through their semi-final compared to Kerry the, the previous week you could say Kerry Dublin was much more of a war all the way down the home stretch in the men's football semi-finals than Galway against Derry and then Limerick Galway was an absolute war as well all the way home in the hurling so maybe this is something we can really read into Will the, the flip side of all of that is is that Cork had to dig very deep in their semi-final against Waterford so so why have you leaned towards Kilkenny? Um, I think based on the fact that Kilkenny have been very impressive in their last two fixtures they absolutely blew Dublin away in the quarterfinal at Semple Stadium won that game by double digits and then 
went on to beat uh, the reigning All-Ireland champions very impressively in the second of the semi-finals in Crow Park a couple of weeks ago. While it's hard to track Cork's form, to be honest. I mean, in that Waterford game, they played very poorly before Ashton Thompson came in about a quarter into the game. And then, particularly in the second half, they absolutely dominated. They outscored them, I think, by 12 points to three after Waterford had had a good run within the game. So Cork won quite comfortably. But their last game in the group stages, they changed the team around a little bit because they were already qualified for a semi-final, lost their last game in the group. That was the group that was absolutely wide open. So Cork played well and their better form was probably seen a lot longer ago than Kilkenny. Then you look at the fact that Kilkenny have got I think the best forward unit in the country in Camogie right now. Uh, they've got six scoring forwards who are all available to them for this weekend at Crow Park. They've got definitely a physical edge to their game, which Sarah Donovan was talking about a little bit earlier. They will not mind being cynical if they have to be to try and stop Cork's running game coming through. And Cork will probably have to do something a little bit different if they're to beat Kilkenny, but they will lean back on the fact that they won when the teams met in the semi-finals of the championship last year, while Kilkenny beat them en route to winning the All-Ireland back in 2020. So um, it's an intriguing battle but I think based on what we've seen from the teams, you know, particularly in recent times over the last month or so, and I think recent form is quite important when it comes to you know preparations for a final, I think there's only one side you'd really pick based on the way they've played over the last couple of games, and that would be Kilkenny. Um, Kilkenny have done nothing wrong at the knockout stage of the championship, and really I think they've probably timed their year quite well, even coming out of the league. They've played very impressively uh, throughout the Leinster Championship, then they went on to have a draw against Galway. I don't think they really minded having an extra game as it worked out in the quarterfinals of the championship and then obviously won the last uh, game in the semi-final there against the reigning champion so there's a lot I think to like about what we've seen from Kilkenny this summer so I have to tip them based on that Can you give us a margin of victory Ashling? I do think it'll be a close game it depends what type of Cork team do show up um, we were talking about the semi-finals there and I I suppose there's two arguments to that whether you know they didn't peak at all they didn't show up you know that's almost fire in your belly to come out and go right you know we want to put up a performance here and then Kilkenny had a great performance so uh, you know there, there's that argument about both of the, those things but uh, I think I suppose it's going to be a close game I think uh, Kilkenny will edge probably by four or five four or five in the end so they might put away at the end I think Okay, mm-hmm. very good. Uh, last week we mentioned it there at the top. I presume everybody went for Meath, and I was the only uh, yes, you person went for. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, not that you remember or anything like that. Not that you've like <laughs> filed that down under loyal. new enemy. Um, like, I mean, were you worried at all after the first five, six minutes? How, how long was it that the one was scored? And probably fewer minutes than that was it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, Louise Nimara Hertig with that goal. Um, did you think it was a goal? Did you think she me- like? Did you think she she meant to do it? Yeah. Actually, you do. Yeah. What do you think? Will. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I give her so the benefit the way she's been, you know, basically shooting the lights out all year and she's such a talented player. Yes, I will say that she meant to do it. And I actually, I, like I had no dog in the fight last weekend, but I thought just from a neutral point of view, the fact that there were seven minutes on the board and Kerry were leading by 1-2 to no score was perfectly set up because you're like, is there going to be a response to Mead now? And that Mead defence, we're talking to Anthony Miles about it on Tuesday's show, it's just so, so impressive. Like after the 35th minute particularly, Kerry were snuffed out of the game by Mead. And then when Kerry tried to commit numbers towards the end, Mead had the counter-attacking ability, which we know that they have. But once the space is opened, they were clinical at the other end. And like the running and movement within their forwards, quite aside from how good they are defensively, is just so, so impressive. And I kind of hope that this Mead team are able to keep their players around who are going to Australia. Like the expanding AFLW season and the fact that the wages for AFLW are likely to expand over the next couple of years as well is probably going to make it very difficult for this Mead team to stay around. But it's exciting to see if we're going to have another dynasty. It's like when Dublin made the breakthrough a few years
years ago after all of their heartbreaking finals and then they went on a run and became the best team in the country there's a feeling that this Mead team could add plenty of Brendan Martins onto what they've already done that, that would be yeah. like extraordinary though that would be like in a level even greater than Dublin even if they had won one or two All-Irelands fewer you would have thought because of the fact that you just said there well the AFLW aspects like it is going to disrupt them over the next few seasons and if they manage to win more All-Irelands despite the disruption I think that's one of the most impressive features so I've seen yeah it really would be it feels a little bit different you know even speaking to, to Eamon after the game you know it feels like it's ending you know, and that, yeah. that was the sense I got from him when, you know, there's so many girls there on the, on the sideline and that like that can come on and have an impact. But he, I think just for the management, the, you know, there's some of them are stepping away as well. So it does feel like this road that they've been on since 2017, you know, that, you know, they two All-Irelands, they're three All-Irelands now, but they've been on the road since 2017 and trying to get things together. They had some really, you know, hard times They and now they've had the highs and it feels like some of them need a break or they're moving on to new things and... Yeah, um, if, but it was brilliant to, to see them get the win. Like, just as, as Will said, even though the goal went in early from Louise Nimura Hurt, they, they never panic. And that's something I spoke to Moira Shocknessy about afterwards. Because they've been in this situation time and time again, and they've always came back from, you know, being down at half time and you, they still grind out that win. You can never ride a, a me team off. And yeah, they were just so impressive. Like their fitness levels must be through the roof. Like I would love to see some of the stats. Um, I've seen a few of them like quoted in the paper after, but like I'd love to be able to see like what exactly they ran, what speeds they were at, because the likes of Avian Cleary, was absolutely immense from halfback and she's a name that supposedly is, is going travelling Emma Troy is another name as well that's going so yeah it's 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 such a weird one because you know that they could go on and do a, a three in a row they're so young but uh, obviously they want to take these opportunities when they come and they want to you know do do these things in life where you know when they get the chance so you could never you know discourage them from that either like it could be interesting next year like as Sarah was just talking about with regards to the Cork Camogie team that Davy was pretty ruthless if you're the best hurler in a position you're getting into the team like could we be sitting here in March, April being like Vicky Wall's going to do two training sessions and just play for just a championship even though everybody else has been training all, all year like could we be sitting there saying that a few of those players could be doing that because like you probably give a few of those players a free pass if that's what they want to do yeah and I think the way this me team are they're so close knit even all the the subs the panel they're so close knit it wouldn't break them it wouldn't break them I think they will be delighted to see Vicky Wall coming back you know that's the the buzz and the I suppose anytime I spoke to them that's what you get from them that they're all such good friends off the pitch like Emma Duggan has spoke about you have to be close off the pitch in order to be close on the pitch and you can really feel that like they have such strong bonds and even the the panel girls that are there as well like they know what their job is sort of thing you know yes they're pushing for places but they're okay with being the the girls that are sort of pushing everything on they they're needed there you know they're a major part of all of this so I feel that uh, they've got that right which can be hard in a team to sort of strike the right balance between that because sometimes you can have that feeding into a team you know if there's negativity with girls not starting or whatever but you just don't feel that really with this team so I think yeah as you said if Vicky comes back if Orla Lally walks back in April, May they'd be absolutely delighted Can they win an All-Ireland without them? It'd be tough because it, it, it's such a tough championship to win um, it really would be very tough because we're talking about girls that are they are pff, 
you know, superstar players like Vicky Wall is, you know, she's really the name now of the LGFA. So we're talking about these type of players. She changes games and they've been so close in games, especially against Galway. I thought that was a, a really um, a brilliant game to see and Galway were there, thereabouts. They'll be disappointed with that, but uh, it'll be very tough to do that, I think. Was that, was that possibly what you were suggesting earlier, Will? Was that they have every chance of being a strong contender without them or, or, or what's your thought? No, I, I think they particularly need Vicky Wall around. Like okay. she's the X factor in that team because even when she was being occupied this year and perhaps marked a little bit more tightly, even the last season, it created space for the players around her. She's just so important. And when you see her breaking tackles, and even you see like the booing that happened after she received a sin bin for what was deemed to be a frontal charge last weekend, I think people just enjoy watching her using her physicality. I think circumstance might help with Vicky Wall a little bit too because unlike some of the players who've gone to the AFLW and stayed in Australia for an extended period of time their clubs have sorted them out with work which has kept them in Australia year round in Vicky Wall's case as I understand it she's going to continue her studies in Australia from her course in DCU where she's doing marketing right now so she's going to be more tied down by the college term as opposed to say you know potentially going into work with the club and staying there all year and not coming back to play for Mead and she's got some existing sponsorships here in Ireland as well so I think there's a very good chance that Vicky Wall will come back the problem is that as the AFLW season expands it's going to overlap more and more with the ladies football season should the ladies football season stay exactly where it is now like their season is going to come a lot closer to the men's AFLW or AFL season I should say which will go right towards the end of the summer there was almost a sweet spot before where players could come back to Ireland kind of late May June depending when they're knocked out that's probably not going to be the case. And again, you wonder whether you'll probably do it for a star player like Vicky Wall, but maybe at some point there might be a Mayo-like decision where it goes, okay, you're either committed to playing ladies football for the full season or you're going to play AFLW. And you know, Mayo have lost half a dozen players yeah. as a result of that, but they felt that was the right decision at the time. Yeah, it hasn't exactly worked out in terms of results, but who knows, it may be a more sustainable approach as well. Will, Ashley, great stuff. That is this week's Quick Picks. I have unbelievable time from, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.